Yo. Hello. Hello there. Where are you recording from today? Today I'm in the woods. I hope the sound is okay. Might actually add some fun ambient noise. That's what I, I wanted to try. It came out here because I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to decipher how much I'm having trouble breathing and how much I'm panicking. It's a little uh, unclear at the moment. Well, I hope that the outdoors brings you some clarity. I'm on my yoga mat right now, staring up at my ceiling. So Namaste. Namaste right in my apartment. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, you got the good view, though. I do. It's peaceful. That's got to be a godsend right now. It's having the river there. and you can oh, out. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's just trees that with very little leaves on them. Kind of dank, but it's nice. Yeah, let's give people who are listening an update on, I mean, not that there's a whole lot of update for me, but since the (laughs) last time we checked in, I've tried to reframe this as moving away from angst and fear to how can I maintain some of the things that I would do in my normal life and try to be more productive in a way so that I can maybe learn a skill that I didn't necessarily have time for before or learn a language or coding so that's what i've been up to yeah i mean as it becomes a little more oddly normal you can start to look at how you can take advantage of the time it's been trying to get out as much as i can to try to get fresh air we have a little more of a scare because josie my wife is seven or eight of her co-workers tested positive so then uh, i think her and i were kind of holding off what we kind of knew we weren't feeling great we're, we're quarantined so it wasn't an issue really but when she was going to go back to work she decided she really needed to go get tested so we went to Marstown yesterday. So right now you're waiting on the results? Yeah. Yeah, we're waiting. Just said um, two to three days. Once hers comes, I will decide if I need to get tested. Your mind can go so many places with it, and you could you could really make it a lot worse or better. And I'm trying to just pay attention to how I'm actually feeling. And again, I'm already staying away from everybody, so that part is is okay. With with what you're seeing and, and everything and the anticipation of it, it's it's pretty scary. It's definitely very creepy. I was yeah. watching the the live feed of the boat coming with all of the yeah. hospital beds into the harbor today and Amazing. Yep. and I've seen images on Facebook of tents going up in Central Park and it's hard not to let your mind run into it, impossible but I'm trying to let it go when it needs to and then trying to bring it back to what's really going on most people are getting better it's unknown the unknown is scary because you don't know how long it's going to mean you don't know if you're going to have lot lasting effects for me right now since I'm that close to it I'm trying not to watch anything because I think that would just ramp it up I'm going to take care of myself the kids seem fine Margot had a little cold but it went away and so she seemed they seem okay well that's good and we're obviously sending our best to, to Josie and and hope that thank everything you. is going to be okay thank you she seems to be she seems to be doing okay her and I kind of feel similar we've just we've had headaches and and a little bit of tightness of breath so does it just feel like there's a weight on your chest yeah or... yeah yep that's it okay. it doesn't feel I had asthma as a kid it doesn't feel like that it's just like right like there's just a weight just something kind of holding you there was this whole thing about you know check your fever check your temperature and, and they're taking temperature in front of all the bunch of places, right? None of them had fevers. I don't wow. think maybe one of them, one of the eight, all of them were just basically run down, maybe had a fever for like a day or a couple hours and that was it. Right. So 
I don't know that the fee, you know, the fever is not as accurate as, as we thought. Like, it, Well, it, it, I think that's one of the scariest parts of this, right? Is that it's, you, you can be asymptomatic and be carrying yep. it and, yep. you know, you have a, a better immune system than the guy next to you and, right. and passing it on that way is just, and, yeah. Terrifying. And that's the thing that where people were like, oh, this is too much. We're, this is overkill. We're going to, you know, why are we doing this? It's, it's for that exact reason is you could be feeling great and you're going out and you're getting someone who who really could could suffer the, the cool thing is and there's always there's always other sides to these things most people are really trying to to limit their their how much they're going out and they're really trying to, to, to quarantine and do those things and they're doing that for for everyone else because they maybe it won't affect them but they're realizing that it, that it will affect somebody and that's that's a really cool kind of twist on um survival of the fittest you know because right and people it, coming together yeah yeah and just realizing that hey i'm gonna do this for someone i don't even know i'm gonna do this for everybody i'm gonna do this for, for all the healthcare workers that are overwhelmed and um, my gosh i was listening to cuomo's his pr- daily press briefing has just become the like hot thing to watch um and yeah and watching him i mean i'm just in awe of how he's led the the city of new york one of the things he was saying today was that we at the very least need to give all of the doctors and medical staff workers the equipment that they need to to perform their jobs and yeah i I can't imagine i don't know why the federal government hasn't that's boggles the mind it's Um, unbelievable and he was just questioning how we all secretly are probably wondering if we were in their position right now if we would be going into work every single day and showing up in the way that they are oh heroes well you know there was forty thousand retired or private sector healthcare workers that that decided to help this stuff you see the worst and you see the best and i think on the other side of this will will be different and there'll be a lot of things that we've learned while we're in it though it's 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 pretty scary new york in particular if i can be a little bit biased and appreciate the city for a minute new yorkers have shown grit that it's very new york in the way i you know when we were talking to sarah brown earlier sarah was saying how she sees parallels between this and 9-11 and it's true people in and around new york right now are coming together in a way that just makes me feel really proud to be well for how how big it is and how and how diverse it is it really has the has always really come together in in big moments like this (sighs) (laughs) big sigh big sigh big breath today we actually wanted to to we wanted to segue into well i guess amy you could you probably can you can lead us i kick it off we've been brainstorming topics and one of the things that we wanted to talk about was the need to play multiple times per week and it's really important to reiterate again and again and to just continuously try to educate players and parents on something that we really try to hold firm to and that if you want to get better you need to play and you need to play a lot when you you mentioned this this topic i was it's, it's just one of my favorites it's it's it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's one i wrestle with to kind of connect it a little bit to what's going on now you know you're what are you posting now you're posting kids playing in the street right that's huge if you can get more time and i know when it goes back to normal that'll be more difficult hopefully this is introduce that to everyone because the practice that you need is the clinics are so important and and the lessons are so important because if you're doing it without that you're going to be doing it wrong the process is going to take a lot longer but if you can supplement hitting against the wall practicing 
your toss, practicing in the street, practicing with with a friend, with a, with a sibling. That's huge. I mean, that's just an, just a great way to just see more balls and, and, and get more reps. Really embrace the process of learning. Students and it are really feeling like they should have gotten it already. Like, hey, look, I, I took a few lessons or I took a year of lessons or, I took, you know, I, why don't I get right. And I don't know that everyone grasps the difficulty of what we're trying to do. The ball is moving at different rates. You are moving to get to it and then trying to get stable and then execute a stroke. That's a really difficult task. The, the idea that you can do that once or even twice a week is pretty difficult, right? You're going you're gonna to need more than that to feel confident about it. And then once you feel confident about it, it really, it, it's like a snowball effect. Because once you feel confident, you're going to like it more. You're going to have more fun and you're going to want to come out more and you're going to feel more success. So it's, it's just so important that you, number one, really embrace the process of learning and understand that it takes a while. I mean, I wish I had that insight as a kid. I was probably a little too impatient. I just felt like it, it just didn't be that difficult. And I think from coming from the other sports, it, it definitely was the most difficult for me. And I think that's what also drew me to it as well, because it was such a challenge. And our goal and our job really for everyone is to make it difficult so that you're being pushed, but not so difficult that you don't, you want to quit. That's the tricky thing. The world that we're living in right now has introduced some, some interesting elements. One being yeah, that sure. we live in this world of immediate gratification. People have a lot of time right now. And I think in the absence of our normal schedule with clinics and lessons and out of that rhythm, people are missing yeah. tennis. People are missing it to the point where they're going out and they're finding a wall. They're bouncing a ball on a racket. They're bouncing a toilet paper roll on a racket. They miss the sport. And I hope that we will be able to use that momentum once we have a return to play date. I do think that there are going to be some players out there that are going to have used this time to discover that they really are passionate about tennis. And I mean, it might jumpstart some careers. Who knows? You have to take ownership of your game and, and uh, your development. When you can, you get a little space to do that alone, like we have right now, they might find that, oh, I really, I really do like that. I want to play more. I want, I want to do some tournaments. I want to really get into it because the tricky part of teaching is like you, you don't want, you want to lead them into these things and not spoon feed them everything and tell them exactly what to do. Because I know that it was a huge part of my learning. I, I did a lot of my own. It's always been a little bit of a sticking point for me where I want to get something across to students and I know they need practice a little more. They're going to have to want it. If you talk to anybody who plays who played in college who played in high school who played on the professional tour they took time they took baskets of balls they went out and they served yeah. they yep. gathered up some friends or family they went to a local public court they went to wherever they play there's nobody that got to a decent level without without yeah. that investment in their time to go to an extreme you know there's te malcolm gladwell's ten thousand hours you know to be proficient and i think that's an extreme but i think there's somewhere there's a lot in between there there's a lot. It just shows you that you, you, you really do need to spend the time to get comfortable. If it's a chore, it's going to be hard. But I think you can, if you can really enjoy it and realize we are very lucky in the fact that our sport is a lot of fun to hit a ball back and forth and, and, and to kind of find ways to win. And it could be fun for, you know, well into your, you know, 70s, 80s, which is makes it such a 
great thing to teach. Right. But what makes it fun is the back and forth. That's where the developmental part of, of the game is tricky because to get into that place takes some time. And then to get proficient at it takes some time. Right. Those moments of what psychologists refer to as flow, that it really is yep. such a amazing hobby, pastime, way to deal with external yeah. stress. And I really yeah. encourage players or parents of players to realize that, I mean, this is an amazing skill to have that will last your entire life. I'm getting a lot of responses of, I, you know, I miss tennis. It's my happy place. That makes me feel just as sad as I am that we're we're missing it right now. Just very, you know, validated that the fact that that everyone really enjoys it so much. It, it is something. You talk about flow, like it is something where your your mind can really be present in that moment of hit. Because when you're hitting a ball, it's, it's difficult to think about a ton of things. For sure, it's hard to do both. So that's a, that's a good way, you know. And I think that's probably what I what I loved early on. That I just really loved that that moment. And then when I eventually started to compete when you got into a match even the losses which were so painful where you just felt engaged in something and that is so healthy use this time to reflect to figure it out figure out what it is that whether it's tennis hopefully it's tennis but whatever it is and then once we get the green light i think you're going to see the world come together and the tennis world come together in a way like we've never seen yeah i think so yeah i think we'll have a lot of energy but there are a lot of cool thing now you could look at roger federer's forehand look at nadal's whatever for sure you know top spin and you know and just kind of look at it and see oh how can i i mean there's so much you can gain Absolutely. from that. Really lucky note, to have that. We're going to be releasing yeah. a few videos pre-recorded on Zoom meetings going into strategy, specifically on doubles. Ladies teams especially will find it helpful. You have the time right now to go into a little bit more detail than we would in a usual clinic setting. So we will be dripping those out over the next few weeks. If you like those pieces of content, let us know because that feedback is helpful. <laughs> it's interesting to go back to the chalkboard kind of thing and realize when you're in it, you kind of can get a little bit frustrated. And when you look at it, take it, take a step back. If I can get them to serve that, that ball out wide, that's going to pull that player off the court and open up the hole and, you know, just kind of look at things a little more. And, and I think that'll be really helpful. It's for fascinating. Me. We had the guy from PTR come to do the training. Jimmy. When he came yeah. to Murray Hill, you know, <laughs> he said that every pro player steps up to that baseline to serve with a plan, which was, I mean, not news to me, but you know, I, I shared with you that like, I really, you got to number one, you got to number one in the 12s and the 14. <laughs> without ever having a plan you were just that good i was just it was just instinct mike it's <laughs> yeah, really it. been interesting to, to watch you and james and hopefully we'll have some of the other pros come on to to share their viewpoint but it's been really yeah. interesting to see in it, slow motion broken down yeah it makes it real clear right it's like yes. oh that's what you do oh man there's just, there's just a world of there's there's ways to you know you can you can liken it to chess you know there's just there's ways to beat people and there's ways to to really break it down and look we've all had the matches where we're like we couldn't do anything <laughs> and we come off and we and someone says well why didn't you hit a drop shot there they were 10 feet behind right. the baseline and then you're like oh right you know and you were just kind of doing the same thing so that kind of awareness of, and i had a lot of ladies that come off after a doubles match um and they were doing the same thing over and over again and not that they don't know it but there's a way to really make it clear to them that like when this is happening you got to do this you got to counteract you got to right. adjust you know um, so to kind of looking at it on a, on a whiteboard is, is a really cool way. Um, 
to just make it real obvious and as, as clear as possible. Yeah. No, I mean, it's there is an endless rabbit hole of strategy fun to be had oh, yeah. in this sport. And you get that aha moment where you realize you get the bug. I got it. I watched Forrest Becker in 1985 win Wimbledon and I was yeah. I was just hooked. So for whatever reason, whatever that did to me, watching the the energy and, and something that was just motivated me. And then I then I've heard from students over the years just, you know, they got they could just see the ones that get the bug and it's exciting. Sure. You know? Anyways so everyone stay safe, please. And stay, stay safe, healthy. stay in touch. Yeah. We're trying to share as much as we can on our social media channels. And even if you want to drop us an email to let us know you miss Murray Hill, it means the world to us. So it does. We miss everyone a lot. We can't wait to get back stay at in it. Touch. All right, Mike, yeah. you stay safe too, okay? I will. I'm going to keep breathe. breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep breathing. Yeah. All right. Bye. All right. Be good.